The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello and welcome to your favorite hour of the week. This is the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. Pete Sweeney here with the player, Sean Barber, the blog father, Joel Thorman. And boys, we're in now, I would say, the dog days of the offseason. Oh no, we still have the draft. The dog days are like June. I'm telling you right now, there was a lull this week that we haven't had in a while. But first we get Sammy Watkins. And this week we're talking about signings like Matt McGloin and, and Nelson Spruce. <laughs> I like both of those guys, though. Well, good. Well, good. We'll get into them in a second. But before we do, the latest breaking news, if you will, is the Chiefs signed a veteran safety in Robert Golden, former Steeler. Uh, that was last night on Tuesday night. Any Anything you make of this, Sean? Uh, I like it. I like uh, adding some depth in the secondary. Um, it's a, it's a, a position of need for us. It allows us to not go into the draft uh, um, looking and reaching at, at safeties, even though there's a really good one I like out of Stanford. Um Justin Reed? Yeah, buddy. I like the way you thought. you We're on the same wavelength. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're in my mind, man. We're in the same week mind melding like Spock. Now, does that worry you that maybe the Chiefs won't go in that direction? No, I'm good. I'm, I'm like, now we got depth. We can kind of wait and probably take him where he should be taking, like maybe a third-round pick instead of reaching for him in a second. I, I want to see if Veach has the same magic touch that Dorsey did on these veteran safeties. Hussein Abdullah, Kirk Coleman, they all went off to get you know big deals. Ty, from Tyvon Branch was Tyvon Branch. So Dorsey had like one of those every year. So maybe this is their like veteran safety who comes in for a year and you know gets another deal maybe, someplace else. Maybe, Plus he's got special teams uh, use. Maybe Veach and Dorsey got a little ESP going on. Yeah, know? yeah. No, nobody wants to admit it, but every GM has their, their position. Every, they get that one position where they don't listen to anybody in the war room. Like I know that position, and I'm gonna. And I think for safeties, it was it, it's definitely Dorsey. As the GM of this podcast, I know linebacker analysts. Like Ooh. that, that's my position that Ooh. I feel <laughs> like I have a good good touch upon. I'll just, my I'll just claim myself as a quarterback guy. Everybody <laughs> wants to be the quarterback guy. I'll be a head coach before no time. 
Uh, other news this week, as I mentioned, uh, Matt McGloin is now the number three quarterback and wide receiver Nelson Spruce, who seems like a younger guy that'll be a practice squad candidate that might have some upside. Yeah, McGloin, I only remember him from that one year. He started with the with the Raiders, and they were uh, really bad. But, you know, third quarterback actually has a little bit of experience. I don't expect him to play. If he is in the game, something has gone horribly wrong, and I'm probably giving up the website and quitting because I don't want to write about the third quarterback. McGloin is, is Mr. Bad Luck, really when it comes down to it, because uh, if you remember, Derek Carr goes down. That's right. And McGloin has an opportunity that he might be able to play in the playoffs with a pretty good chance to you know make a run similar to Nick Foles, and then he gets injured, and yeah. Connor Cook had to start. I like McGloin. Uh, I don't like his contract. I don't like how much we're paying him to be the third quarterback. Um, I wish we could maybe renegotiate that closer to uh, the cut time, 53, maybe going into the season with just two quarterbacks and bring them back at the middle. They could still draft a guy like they've always had the like the undrafted, you know, uh, practice squad type guy that's inactive. That was Tyler Bray for a few years oh, yeah. and, and Joel Stave. So they could still definitely bring in something. Like that. In Sean Barber fashion, now that Tyler Bray has moved on, I'll, I can tell you with 100 <laughs> percent certainty that the Chiefs now have three quarterbacks on the roster better than Tyler Bray. Definitely. I don't know. Definitely. Uh, he was not on my high list, but he had such a big arm. Yeah, that game. was the only thing he had. Uh, DeAnthony Thomas. I'm a Bray Lever. DeAnthony, <laughs> DeAnthony Thomas is back in the weight room. He revealed uh, on his own Instagram. What is his new 2018 role? I, I think it's worth talking about because now that Albert Wilson is gone, that does leave a hole. It opens up a discussion on Chris Conley, CBS Sports this week, suggesting maybe Conley doesn't have a clear role. We don't know how he's going to respond to injury. Where do DeAnthony Thomas and Chris Conley uh, fit as far as in the starting wide receiver uh, room right here? Man, I brought my domino for a reason. All right, when the dominoes fall, unfortunately, that might be the odd man out. I mean, the addition of Sammy Watkins, it puts uh, puts our man Cheetah back on special teams. That lessens the necessity for, for that to be um, a return guy. He's not really a slot guy. He's not really a running back. He does a lot. Of, he's a jack of all trades, but a master of none. Um, it's, it's hard to find a position when you only got 53 spots for a guy like that. So you really believe that Tyreek's going to go back on kickoffs? 100%. Like, I think that that is, that is, that is like the secret weapon that ain't no secret. He, sh- he should, I think, definitely. Um, as, as for D'Anthony, uh, man, I, I just it's hard to think that, the, like, the 53rd player on the roster is going to be better than him. I'm not, like, singing D'Anthony's praises, but, you know, I, I, just, I think of Dave Tobe calling him, you know, pound for pound, the toughest guy on the team. I don't think he – you know, uses that compliment lightly. Um, I mean, I would I would pick Dat to make the team at this point. Can't underestimate Dave Tobe's impact, too, on the roster and usage because also, I mean, I think that's why they went out and got a guy like Robert Golden. It just seems like he has a little bit of say in where the roster goes, and he loves DeAnthony. I, I think he'll be on the team just because of that. I think both of these two guys will be on the team for sure. Uh, I just wonder, again, how much we'll see him in the offense. I think that'll be minimal. What, how, how many catches did he have last year? It was like a handful. So I don't think he's going to have any sort of real uh, role. He'll have you know a play here or there. The thing that's interesting about him to me is if you're going to build your offense through Tyreek, especially in certain games, he sort of offers a backup to that. You don't right. really have a player that's exactly, or I wouldn't say exactly, uh, but that's similar to Tyreek Hill where he could step in in a spot. And if, and if you know, you saw last year in the Kelsey game, we don't have to get back into that because it's bad memories, but you, you lose one guy you're building the whole game plan around, you, you could lose the game. So interesting to see how DeAnthony's role shakes out. 
Next thing we got to talk about, uh, interesting comments from ESPN's Mike yep. Sando, case and counterpoint for the Chiefs 2018 uh, roster, really. Uh, on the offense, they said they, the league executives in the league said they basically have committed to being the best offense in the league, whereas uh, when it comes to defense, they just don't have anyone on defense right now uh, saying that the Chiefs were the least talented defense in the NFL. And you know what? The latter may be true, but to say they don't have anyone when you have Justin Houston and, and Eric Berry, I, I don't know. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. If, it feels like both sides. It feels a little hyperbole. Like, I don't think they're going to be the best offense in the NFL, and that's mostly just like a second-year quarterback who hasn't played yet. Like, uh, that doesn't, you know, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. And, uh, yeah, they do have some talent issues on defense, but, man, I feel like I've seen plenty of worse defenses. You know, Eric Berry still on the team. They're still going to have Fuller. And Eric Berry, I mean, you even saw it, and it sounds silly to say because you can't really put it on paper, but Eric Berry really, truly does make everyone better. He was injured last year. They were on this terrible losing streak. He reenters the building, starts working out, starts talking to the guys, and everyone started playing better, and they even won a game without Marcus Peters. Oh, definitely. Um, the defense is played in levels, and uh, last year we had uh, we had Jones up front, then we had uh, Derek Johnson in the second level, then we had Berry, and then we had Marcus Peters. We had, we had a... We had a a figurehead a, at every position, every level of the defense that when the play needs to be made, we can turn to that person to make a big play. This year, um, we, I mean, we've cut, we've, we've cut off some of those, those limbs, right? Um, Chris Jones is coming back off injury. Derek's not here no more. Uh, Tomba, even from the sidelines, not here anymore. Eric Berg's coming back from injury. Um, we got rid of Peters. So it's, it's, it's kind of a, a bunch of guys looking for some leadership, looking for a face to be, um, to, to to stand up and be accounted for when it comes for that defense to hit the field. And I I don't I don't want to sound like a coach, but complimentary football, man. If if the Chiefs can put some some points on the board, uh, you know that's that's absolutely going to ease up the defense a little bit. Maybe pump up those rate those rankings a few spots from maybe where they really should be. I mean, you've heard defenders talk in the league, and Sean, you could you know talk about this a little more if you, if you want. But it really fires you up when the offense can go on and score some points, doesn't it? It really you know drives you to maybe say, okay, let's get them back on the field as fast as possible definitely score i mean score score fast score quick uh do whatever you get this get, get get two first downs every possession if you can get two first downs your defense will love you there you go uh writer from nj.com suggested the chiefs could trade with the eagles for pick number 32 in the draft but that would cost them a two a three and a four i don't necessarily see the chiefs doing this on draft night and i hate moving up unless you're going to get a quarterback i'll get into this a little bit later too i mean we got a lot of tweets in and i try to sort out the tweets for that would make for interesting conversation but a lot of people are saying do you think the chiefs are going to go for an offensive lineman on draft night do you think they're going to go for a defensive back do you think they'll trade up to pick number 32 18 the gms don't even know until the board starts to fall so it's like how are we you know what i mean like no offense to the fans i mean but even as we're following this it's really impossible to know because one pick can change the entire night. Yeah. You can go by Starbucks, get yourself a crystal ball latte. They, have a, <laughs> they got a new latte that you can ask it questions and they're actually uh, supposed to speak to you. So maybe that's what we'll use. We'll use this crystal ball latte to figure out uh, some of these draft things when this is a 30 second pick and nobody knows. I would rather sit in the second and third round all day long. Uh, I think that's really solid value. And if you don't have like, you know, a glaring need, um, you know, that, that you have to address in the first round, then, like, I'll take those quality guys in the second and the third. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the Chiefs did a decent job of that. And Dorsey. for everything that you heard weakness of Dorsey-wise, it was that, you know, he didn't really understand the cap, didn't really know how to how to keep everything together and organize. You know, Veach, for what it seems like so far, is doing a good job with that. And, you, and Dorsey's strength was draft night. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, Veach, you can't assume that he's going to be the same as Dorsey, but he's at least been learning exactly how he did it, how he evaluated. To me, you keep the picks because, I mean, you look, look, where did they get Kareem Hunt? It wasn't the first round. It wasn't the second round. And he was, he won the rushing title. Kelsey, too. I think this is one of the, yeah. this, this is one of these unique drafts where uh, there's definitely a, a top 20 guys. There's guys that you can move around in the top 20, depending on what you need. But from pick 21 all the way to about 100. Uh, those guys can be put almost anywhere depending on team needs. And the more you can get out of that top 100, I think the better your team's going to be. Mike, the only, the only thing that I would, I think I would consider moving up for at this point is like a badass pa- uh, pass rusher. Oh, yeah. Um, other than that, like there's just nothing I, I would want to go up and get at this point. It's a shame, too, that you have to say that because you thought with D Ford, at least during that maybe six-game stretch where he was he was sacking the quarterback six times and looked unstoppable, you're like, okay, we're going to be okay with Houston and Ford once Tom is done, and now you just don't even know what you have in Ford. And even, you know, passing you know, your boy, you still don't know what you have in Oh, him. the rover from Villanova. Them Villanova, the champions, man. He ain't worried about football right now. He's still, he, he's still, he went back to, you think uh, he's partying in Pennsylvania? Yeah, he went back to Pennsylvania, oh, okay. man. He got to uh, celebrate on the parade for a little bit. Then he'll come to work out. Do you, do you think those pass rushers, like, do you think they have to flash, like, right away? Because I feel like Houston seemed like his first year, he seemed like almost like just a guy until, like, the last few games of the season, he really, like, broke out. You know, so thinking specifically about like uh, Passanio's, the, the, the Rova's development. Well, I, I mean, I, even the even the personnel men at the Chiefs have said he's been, you know, very raw. And something that uh, reminds me of someone who was very raw, who's very good now is LDT. And I understand it's different positions, but LDT's first, I don't know, year or two was not great. Right. And then, you know, then they end up, you know, signing him to a long term contract because of how good he was. To me, it's just you got to wait and see with this guy. Yeah, explosion, um, you know, that, that, that desire, that motor, uh, that, that getting after quarterbacks. Um, even, even if you don't show up on the stats as far as sacks and, and hurries, I think your teammates know, like, if you're a really good pass rusher. If that's somebody you didn't count on basically every third down to really uh, come off that edge and, and make the quarterback a little bit nervous, um, whether you get the stats or not, I'm not really worried about the stats. I'm just worrying about the, 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 the effectiveness of the defense. When the third down defense, um, you know, is not converting, not getting off the field, it doesn't matter who you got out there, D. Ford, Houston, Tyler, I mean, Holly, whoever's out there, it's not getting done. And so when, when that number starts going down, that third down conversion rate starts going down and, and then we start getting off the field, I don't care who's out there. That's, that's, that's the job to do. Is that just could be a janitor. If they... <laughs> Come on, man. Give me a janitor. Just get me off the field. Sweep him right off the field. Uh, on the AP draft show, uh, which is every Friday, if you haven't subscribed to that, you should. Uh, they've called Passigno body beautiful. So oh, he, he's, yeah. ha- he's halfway there. He's, he, got, he's got a beautiful body. Oh, I'll give it to him. He looks terrific. <laughs> <laughs> no question about if it. Only, if only the three of us could look half that good by training camp, I think we'll be doing something correct. Uh, we got to have a weekly Pat Mahomes discussion. ESPN's Matt Bowen. Isn't it Patrick Mahomes? Didn't we solve this? Patrick or? Mahomes. Is, we have, we, we, it's not Mr. Mahomes. It's not old man Mahomes here. We have to have our weekly Patrick Mahomes the second discussion. Uh, ESPN's Matt Bohm believes Mahomes is primed for a breakout year. Here's Chris, Chris Sims uh, talking about draft pick Josh Allen. He's got elite arm talent, a Brett Favre or Pat Mahomes arm. So Mahomes is already being talked about uh, in the same breath as uh, Brett Favre, which is, is good territory to be in having one game under your belt. And then here was Andy Reid on week 17. This also came out. He said, uh, they played their starters. Denver did their starting defense, and I went into that game feeling like we could score at any time, 
And once we got in there, I felt the same thing. Mahomes gave you that confidence, uh, and he made some plays. You saw him do these no-look throws that he does in practice, and you go, ah, it's practice. He starts doing those in the game. I said, well, okay, that's something special. So Andy Reid even kind of talking up Mahomes, which, again, I've said a number of times, is unlike Reid to do so. If this was San Fran and, and, and Mahomes was in Garoppolo's shoes, this would be the national hype train, and you're already seeing it in San Francisco. The fact that he's in Kansas City is why that – uh, nationally, they're not talking him about him that much. But if he backs this up by week four, people will be talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. I am absolutely giddy. Just like <laughs> like the no look pass will be his thing. You know what I mean? Like every franchise quarterback has like a thing that they're great at. Brady's clutch. Manning was you know uh, you know such a great preparer. Like man, I, I'm I'm just absolutely giddy about this. Um, you know, I want to see him hit the field. Uh, I think picking him to have like a breakout, like a huge year, is really easy. MVP or bust? MVP or bust right now? No, he's not going to be a bust. <laughs> Come on, Pete. God, Sean, kick him out. You know, the- I've already told you, man. Patty Cake is my guy, dog. Like, I roll with Patty Cake. Make him shake all day. It's it's easy. To, like, I think calling Mahomes like a potential breakout star is super easy because they've added so many, you know, uh, uh, weapons on the offense, and you have Andy Reid, like. I mean, we've been saying it since he was drafted. This is the perfect situation, and now it's, like, finally coming up. And other people, you know, around the league, like Matt Bowen's, you know, former player, scout, um, you know, he's not one who's, t- you know, tends to go into hyperbole. So I just think it's all it's all The only up. thing that scares me about it, and, and I believe in Mahomes, I watched him at training camp firsthand, uh, the only thing that scares me about the whole thing is that it's becoming like an expectation, and that's a lot of pressure. There are, there are no red flags. I was, I was thinking about this. There are no red flags right now. No, you already saw a game. He did pretty well. I mean, if you have to pick one red flag, it was that ugly interception. But it's everyone has interceptions. Yeah, yeah. No, that's I don't. I don't even think that's a red flag. Like I think maybe you know the the air raid offense guys don't succeed or something like that. Other than that one who just won a Super Bowl. I, I mean, but like other than that, like everyone's saying the right thing about how he prepares. We actually saw it on the field. His teammates, you know. Um, are, are, you know, like Kelsey talks about him, like they talk him up in practice. And, and, and the Chiefs have had every opportunity to slow the train down, and they haven't. Yeah. I think that says a lot. I'm on the social beat, too. I, I follow, you know, all the players and their wives. And sometimes even the wives' accounts give you more than the players' accounts. And his, he doesn't have a wife yet, but he has a girlfriend. And she's always taking Instagram videos and stuff. And he's always just at home either watching the game, playing video games. I don't think this is a guy who's like a social butterfly. I think, you know, I think he's really focused on his career, and that's something you really want to see in a 22-year-old. He, yeah. t- he ties his jacket around his waist. <laughs> Which so, is the coolest thing. Yeah. It's still the coolest thing going. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't see my waist right now, Facebook Live, but I have my jacket tied around it. So, Well, I, I know one thing. When, it, when, it's, when it's time for him to show out and be great, um, what you want to do with a quarterback who's young, you want to have the ability to push him as far as you can. Let him, let him push it, the pedal to the metal. Let him go as fast as he can. Have expectation is so high he can never reach it, and then once he creates that that momentum and, and, and start everything's going right, then when he falls one time you can say all right now take that level of play and just dial it back one notch, and stay right there. Go all don't 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 just say go to ten. I want you to go to twenty. I want to see Patty Cake on on level twenty making all kind of plays. I mean out of this world. And then when he throws that one interception, say, "Hey, you see that that one right there? Let's dial it back to a 19. I would I would almost love to have a far situation where they can't contain him. <laughs> he's know, just they, like he just like is an absolute fireball, yelling at the coaching staff. Yeah. <laughs> Andy Reid yelling that would be great. Uh, yeah, no, well, well, it's going to be exciting, and it's four or five. What is it? Five six months away, but. 
Man, you got you're you're already Jones. Off season off season program is starting in a few weeks. That means reporters are going to be out there, and they'll at least see him in shorts throwing. And believe me, I'm going to hype the shit out of that. Can I say? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll edit that out, yeah, for sure. But that—that's uh, the—that's the first S bomb I think on the Arrowhead Pride podcast, and Mahomes was the one to do it. No, no surprise there. Other news this week, though, in division, the Raiders cut punter Marquette King. Apparently, John Gruden didn't like his personality issues. I, I just thought this was worth discussing because are the Raiders going to be an embarrassment? I, I just—I can't—I can't get it out of my head right now. I mean, I like. I think some of the moves are defensible. This one's a little weird, but uh, when you come in with like the big hundred million dollar contract for the coach, anything less than a Super Bowl in that time frame is going to be a disappointment. And if you're not like a regular playoff contender, then it has you know embarrassment potential. So I don't think they're headed the right way. Like the Chiefs have what one one guy over thirty, and that's Colquitt. They've signed the Raiders have signed like six guys over thirty this offseason alone. No offense, Sean, but you old guys <laughs> just don't have anymore <laughs> king i mean king to me yeah you know he was a little bit outgoing and he did care about his personal brand but he just was a very good player former yeah. all pro uh you know i from from what i could see at least you know being around him when i visited the pro bowl just like a good kid i didn't i just didn't get the move given i think he's only making like 2.93 million dollars yeah. just didn't make sense for that good of a player average average salary for a punter is like two million so it was not it, he they cannot claim that this yeah, the friendly thing. rivalry with kelsey we don't get that anymore yeah come on john well, he'll be in town for uh, Cheetah has a, a celebrity basketball game yeah. at Rockhurst University, and I think see what you can find out. King, oh, he's coming. He's one of the okay. He's one of the yeah. Uh, I would the, love to know one, what one of the five stars is going to be there. So. I love how Cheetah takes one back on him; they become pals. Then yeah. you know, there you go. Also, this week, just quickly, the Chiefs' off-season dates have been announced: OTA off-season workouts, uh, May twenty-two to twenty-four. May 29 to 31, June 5 to 8, mandatory minicamp, June 12 to the 14th. And then to add to that, uh, the 16th is when the offseason program starts. We'll hear from Big Red and Mahomes that day. And then on April 20th, Brett Veach is having his. Brett Veach on 420, which I know you're on excited 420. about. 420. Oh, Lord. I was, I was making some <laughs> dope jokes earlier. Surprise. The expectations are high. Oh, Brett Veach is going to get in the weeds on this. Oh, Surprise they're not holding a joint press conference for that. Pete's. See yourself out of here, please. I know the- I'm the only legal beagle here. I'm the only, I'm the only person here who's legal uh, beagle. That is all the news uh, this week. When we come back, we will read your tweets. You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride podcast. Don't go anywhere. Drink run. Here we go. McCafe coffees, shakes, and drinks. Ain't no thing. You the man. Yeah, that's what they're going to say. Oh, Kevin, thank you so much. We love you. That's right. You the champ. The drink run champ. Welcome to McDonald's. How can I help you? Own the drink run, Kevin. Own it. Now get a small smoothie, shake, or frappe for $2 on McDonald's one two three dollars menu. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. Pete Sweeney here with Sean Barber and Joel Thorman. And it's time, once again, as we do every week, to read some of your tweets, your comments, your questions, and, and we'll discuss them. Uh, how do you feel? I'm sorry, I should, I should do Joel's favorite part of this. This is from Max M at MaxM35274279. Uh, how do you feel about the compensation for Peters now that we see what the Pats got for Cooks? Again, Brandon Cooks going... Uh, to the Los Angeles Rams in exchange for a first-round pick last night. All right, and I've already told you, I, Peters would not leave the building under any circumstance. 
Um, if I had control of any, 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 any personnel on any team, I just say he's too valuable. He's too, I don't, he's too elite at what he does. And when it comes to defense, we talked about creating turnovers. He is the number one guy in the league at creating turnovers by himself. Forget he's created more turnovers than some defense has done as a, as a unit over the last three, three seasons. So, um, it, there is no, there is no, he's untradeable to me. He's a, yeah, doesn't, get rid of him. doesn't feel right to me either. And I feel like they're similar at their positions. Like Peters is a top five, you know, corner mm-hmm. and uh, Cooks is, you know, a top receiver and all things equal. I think you go with the corner in a lot of situations, except especially when your quarterback's going to make those receivers a star like Mahomes is. <laughs> Can't help I th- myself. <laughs> I, th- I think for me, I, it makes you feel worse about it for sure because I just think, you know, like Sean was saying, Peters does some things that no other player does. But at the same time, I mean, all indications show that the Chiefs called 31 teams. So it doesn't seem like there was a first-rounder on the table, at least mm-hmm. from what everybody is saying, which is hard to believe. But I think there were a couple things that went into it, given the fact that Peters probably needs to be a situation where he was in California with the young coaching staff, understanding of how intense he gets on the field, things like that. And it lessened the suitors, whereas Cooks maybe would have been available to you know, 20 teams. Yeah. And that's how you get a first-round pick when there's 20 teams competing, not two. Did, <laughs> didn't, didn't the Patriots give up a first for him last year? So he's gotten traded for a yes. first-round pick two years in a row. Yeah. It's I, impressive. And, and, and I, I mean, the Rams now are just loading up. And, again, yeah, the Chiefs did a little bit of that, but it's, I don't know. I get it. It looks sexy right now, but like let let's see them play a little bit. Yeah, know, to yeah. Me. No, I'm 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 pretty much the same way. I think the 2011 Eagles burned everyone with the dream team, especially when it's Vince Young calling you the dream team. I, I got and just FYI, I got the Rams going eight and eight. I I, I like it. I wouldn't be surprised too. And I I, I mean we'll see what happens. It's hard to tell right it's now. It's it's all based on how well Goff plays. Yeah, they can have all these stars, and if Goff is average, they're going eight and eight. It's always the quarterback. I mean, if you don't have a franchise quarterback, and the Chiefs saw this for years, you're not going to be good no matter who's around him. You're right. Uh, this next question from Goku Jenkins, similar, at DZ Low. Are people still pretending like trading Peters was a good idea? I don't think anyone is pretending like trading Peters was a good idea. This is just my, what I'm thinking. I just think, what are we going to do about it now? We have to at some point say, this is the team now. We have yeah. to cover it. You know, That's more of our job. I'm still not happy about it. That's how I feel. But I'm not just going to sit here and say, all right, that's it. I'm not going to write one article or do one podcast. Like, what are we going to do? Yeah, the schedule's the schedule is being made. Um, you know, our opponents are who they are, no matter with or without Peters. Um, I see everything, you know, as a disclaimer, I see everything through uh, Andy Reid colored glasses. Um, you know, Brett, Brett, Brett Veach is like my best friend. So so I see everything in a, in a pro-Chiefs manner. So I think the, the at the end game, they're going to be – happy that they got rid of him. I think the the end game from a PR standpoint, from some of the off the field stuff, um his 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 leadership and his character in the locker room, um how he inter 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 intertwines with teammates, especially with bringing young guys, um and, and showing what can and can't be done and what's acceptable on the field. Um I like a, a lot of those issues um I think are gonna be uh, have been avoided by not having them here. And um I think that the Chiefs overall as an organization gonna be I'm pretty happy that they moved on from them. Yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to try to put it behind them. But for me, and I'm sure for some fans, until that Chiefs-Rans game in Mexico City, I don't think it's going to fully be behind me. But I will, I'll, I'll be prepared to, to move on after that game. I think once, once fans see this team in training camp and they see how good it looks, 
uh, they're going to feel fine. I'm telling you, it's going to come back when Kendall Fuller gets burned for the first time or David Emerson or Steven Nelson looks terrible for a stretch of a game. It's going to come back. It's not something that's just going to go away. I think that's simply, but it will be away for a little bit now as we get ready for the season. And we got to admit, like Peter does have some, like he has some terrible tackling um, attributes. He definitely cheats against man coverage all the time. So there, I mean, if you know this about Peters, you can game plan against him. You can, you can, you can run a streak route on him and then have a seven route come behind him and know he's going to cheat the seven route and tell the quarterback, look at the seven and throw the deep, and he'll he'll totally be able to like. Tyreek Tyre Hill, Tyre Hill versus Peters ten times. What's the score? Uh, we'll we'll score three touchdowns <laughs> off of off of Peters. <laughs> like you can you can bait him into so many things because he cheats the coverage because he's so, he's sure. been so good and so productive. But he Peters routes all the time. Peters will get a couple touchdowns off that matchup too. No, that's always the payback. You yeah. never know. He already said. I mean, I mean, he was baited a little bit. So keep that in mind. We said in NFL Network, he's ready to pick off and knows how to pick off Patrick Mahomes. So. Hey. That game's going to be hyped. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a fun game. Uh, he's a gamer. Uh, Zach Huston, at Zach Huston. Nice handle. Uh, will Amerson start? I think right so. Right now, right? Yeah. I think he should. Depends on what you think starting is. I think in the, in the base 3-4, it'll be Nelson and Fuller right now. But you're playing nickel and dime more than that nowadays. So if you t- think about that... Then yeah, I guess he has to. Correct. I, I mean, I I still think it's Emerson or or Nelson. I still think that's up for grabs. Emerson for America, yeah. new T-shirt. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I do uh, like Nelson. I saw him. He was out um out in the community helping out. He went to visit some kids in the hospital and stuff. Um, what's the latest on him? What's the juice? Oh, uh, I just like. I mean, any guy who's out in the community helping out people that you know need need a needed some some spirits lifted. Man, that was a, those are my type of guys. Those are the kind of guys I I root for. So um, I saw him out there yesterday. So I'm mean, yeah. Nelson's my guy right now. Cool. We'll see how he looks in training camp again. I, I think he's a candidate to maybe look even a little bit better this year. Uh, and he's going to have to because he's a starting cornerback now. Uh, Nick Haywood at, I'm not reading that one. Uh, the Chiefs haven't had four running backs on their roster since 2012. Who will be the odd man out this year? It's an interesting question. So it'll be uh, Shark or... Um... I think you're looking at Kareem, Spencer, Akeem. Akeem, Sharkandrick, and then Damian Williams are your candidates. I mean, George Atkinson's a deep, dark horse. I think he's going to be your practice squad guy. Yeah, I mean, the only for sure thing I say there is Kareem. Um, if you told me someone like Damian Williams comes out and beats Spencer Ware, I'd buy it. Um, I mean, that's Kareem's the only for sure thing, although I think they will keep one of Ware or Shark. As I'm thinking about it, it's a little bit of an underrated storyline because – you think you would think that that fifth man out will get a job some, somewhere, you know, when the cuts. Someone will right. claim that fifth, fifth running back. So that's really uh, a luxury right now. Especially if, like, you know, Sharkandrick, like, you can pass block. Like, you know, some coach out there, you know, fans don't appreciate that. But some coach out there is going to put him on the roster for that. I don't see them getting rid of Sharkandrick for that reason, though. I just no, don't. I think Wes is here. I think where Mike start out, at, um, like, a PUP, he might not be even eligible until Williams is, uh, was hurt, too. So that's another, like, they both have – they're coming off injuries. Akeem. Akeem was on injured reserve at the end of the year last year as well. Like, yeah, I can't remember, what, but that was at the very end. That could have been like they had nothing. to bring up CJ Spiller for the hundredth and uh, fifth. Seventh, that's right. That's right. Had a hamstring or something. I mean. Yeah. Uh, so the answer is we don't know, uh, but hopefully that gives you some insight. <laughs> who we think it'll be one of Let these be. seven guys? I guarantee it. Hey, so you got to be honest. You got to be honest. I'll tell people. you this: last year's rookie of the year is going to make the roster. You can't get insight like this anywhere else. <laughs> sure. 
Uh, next question from Luis G. Suarez, LG Suarez. Uh, do you think we might see Beach go for another safety in the draft with the addition of Golden, or is this the is the priority still guard, corner, and linebacker? Uh, by the way, Chiefs and podcast fan from Puerto Rico. Oh, this nice. Puerto Rico. No, I'm not ah. saying it. No, I'm not saying it. You can say it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think safety's on on the table. I think let, ever- let's 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 change the question. What what do you think is the first position they take? I think that's the fair answer for this. If they stay at the pick they're at. Yeah, let's just say they stay at, at, at 54. Um, I, I want to lean, like the one that I feel might be the most uh, imp, like uh, dire, not not dire, but the one that they need the most that they can get there. Um, I kind of want to go for like interior offensive line because uh, those offensive lines suck coming out these days, so they need like a whole year to develop. But the other argument is they suck, so you just go to free agency and get that. Um, no, that's that good, or pass rusher. It's a good point because Zach Fulton was really a, a big luxury for the Chiefs because he played so many damn positions on the offensive line. Uh, so now they don't have that luxury anymore. I think Fulton is going to be starting for a uh, guard in Houston. 16 game starter. I mean, you're not going to get uh, a lot of six round picks who come in and start 16 games as a rookie. So right now your left guard position is either it's going to be Brian Witzman or Parker Anger probably. And like that isn't a particular strength at a certain at an important you know position on your offensive line so i think i think maybe a night might not be sexy and it may be an interior offensive line and and the the mitch morse you know he's heading into the last mm-hmm. year of his deal and you already have both your tackles on long-term deals and your right guard you're probably not going to pay your center too yeah the chief dealt with some injuries in the offensive line you know throughout the season i think that if they stay where they are um there's so many skilled players and quarterbacks going to get overdrafted, um, people going to reach for him early in the draft. That's what's going to push really high-quality offensive linemen, defensive linemen down the list. I think we can we can get a first-round um, ability at offense and defensive line um, in the, even, at, even at pick, what you say, pick 54? Yeah. Um, so I think if you stay at 54, you go offensive, defensive line. I would say offensive line. Um, and if you actually see an edge rusher, a cornerback kind of hanging around at about 30, uh, early 40s, who you had as a top 20 guy, then you have to, you know, make a move and, and go get that guy. That's what I was just going to say. We've never seen Veach in a draft before, but we can tell now that he's aggressive enough. Where, like you're saying, if there's a player that Veach is in love with, and you know they're in the 40s, you know maybe it's not a trade into the first round situation, but maybe it's a trade up 12 spots so mm-hmm. Veach can get that player that he loves. So I think you may see a lot of action on day two. I'm starting to tend to think that you maybe won't see any action night one. Yeah, um, I I think with that second round pick, tackle, offensive tackle could be a dark horse pick. Remember, they still do have cap problems, and if you want to swap out a big cap hit, your left tackle, you know, in two years for someone much cheaper, like I think that's a real possibility. Really, the entire NFL has a cap problem. Different, different type of, <laughs> yeah, different type of cap. Uh, Brandon Alice Schlager at Alice Schlager. I feel like the second round pick could really tell us what the mindset is for the draft and this year. They move up, they're going in on this year. They move back, they're getting guys for the next couple of years or they'll find a value guy they like. What do you think about that uh, thought process? I, I think that's very possible. Here's a theory. All right, we, okay. love, we love my theories here. Big Red just signed an extension. He's 57, 58 years old. No, I think he's 60. Wasn't he 60? 60? 60 this year, I believe. He's happy 60. birthday, Big Red. Yeah, happy, yeah, he just turned, uh, he just had a birthday a couple weeks ago. Um they go out, they get Sammy Watkins, they finally got the franchise quarterback. They've got the perfect situation with the with the the quarterback on the you know cheap contract, and that's like the best situation. 
What if they're just going all in and saying over these next two years, like we're going to get Big Red a title before he before he retires and that this is the last extension uh, he's going to sign? Like, I think that's totally possible. Right into the sunset. Bob Sutton, next head coach of the Chiefs. Pete, see yourself out. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all are crazy. It'll be like Mike Kafka or somebody. I think they are. I, I think there is a lot to that, though. I, I think they're not paying this quarterback who they know they're going to have to if he's everything they're saying. So why not go for it? Right? I mean, it just seems that way. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole go for it thing, I mean, you, it, it has to be the right pieces, right? Like like going for it, collecting, you know, names like, like the Rams are doing. Um, I mean, that's, that's one way to go for it, but, I mean, th- their window is so small, right? If they don't do it this year next year, then all those guys basically blow up in their face and they have no uh, draft picks because they traded them all the way to get these guys, so they're going to be just a bottom feeder for five seasons after that. So they win it, like, you know, the Rams, they win it in the next two years or they become irrelevant for the next five, six years. For some reason, just like Andy, he's never – none of his teams have, have, have seemed to be that way. Whereas, like, if we don't win it this year, we become irrelevant for the next five seasons. They're always 10, 11 win, win seasons. Like, no matter, even when he was uh, inherited a two win, right, two and 14 team, he comes in and wins 10, 10 games the next season with the same, same roster. So, um, I just think, I think they, they continue to turn it. They continue to just um, improve in positions, add depth through the draft. Um, they just do things the, the, the kingdom way, the arrowhead way is, you know, just keep pushing guys to be. You know, show their personality on the field. He'll buy them a cheeseburger uh, the night before the game and <laughs> call it a day. Fast food Friday. That's one thing that I do like about the Chiefs that I noticed in, in, in coming here when I first started in Kansas City in 2014 is, and this was, I think, a Dorsey thing, and I would probably say a Reed thing, is they're not only building for the future, they're also building for right now, and they, they kind of do it simultaneously. Yeah. And, you know, and you, we've seen a lot of Chiefs fans where, I think probably you probably see this more than me, but around 2013, 2014, they were like, this is great. We're relevant now. And now relevancy is kind of getting boring. Right. It says, okay, now we're ready for this next up. But the reason that has gotten boring is because they do their homework and, you know, they load this team up for, for years and years. I think that's a good thing. And as long as you're in the dance, you, know, mm. you never you never know. Give me one exciting signing every March. That's all I ask for as a blogger. I, I always go back to game one of last year. We had the best team in the NFL. And that with that, that starting roster they had in game one, we beat the Patriots. Well, a week I mean, later, we beat the Eagles. They were on, they, on opening night, they were 1-0. No one else had a win. You're right. It, it First is, place? No, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, <laughs> the, the team, when I saw that film, when I re-looked at it, when, when looked, you had Barry. I looked at that game over again, man. That, that team was scary. With Conley, with Barry, um, everybody playing their natural position. Um, it wasn't a bunch of uh, what about Bob Sutton? What about the cornerback position? Everybody was just out there playing ball. It, it was it was it was so encouraging to see that team play. And uh, I mean, we dismantled the Patriots. And and when it came to the next week at home, opening up against Philadelphia, we did the same thing to them. They played the exact same way. They were the exact same team, except for Carson Wentzless. Uh, they won the Super Bowl. Um, and so to, to know that we had a top three, you know, maybe the top team in the NFL. I mean, it's going to sound ridiculous, but there's an argument to be made that the Carson Wentz Eagles are better than the Nick Foles Eagles. I, you know, I think yeah. that's an impressive victory. It just stinks that the Chiefs were playing their best ball at the exact worst time to play, which is the beginning of the season. You kind of want a good, maybe even sometimes a three and two start, see where your weaknesses are, and then get better as the year went on. The Chiefs kind of peaked, peaked on night one and week two, and then 
you know, there was a little bit of a roller coaster. So we grow from that though. Organization, organizationally, they, they, I think the Chiefs grew from that. They learned some from last season. So just not let's not be shook in uh, how the season started if we don't start it the same way. Stay woke. Stay woke. Stay woke. Uh, Casey fan in PA, a little bit of a hater here. Uh oh. Do you think Veach pulls off another trade for a former high draft pick currently underperforming or in a bad system fit? Because I do. Who is that person? They probably went to school with him at Delaware. That's not a no. That's not a bad. That's not a bad uh, question. That's like a Reggie Ragland question, or oh, okay. a or like a Cam Irving question. The like the former first round pick who two years in like isn't performing, so Veach goes up and gives gives up a fifth round for him and takes his chances. Like I don't think that's uh, like that's that's been Veach's thing in a number of spots. Who else am I missing? Ragland, Irving, and uh, why am I blanking on this? Um, well, Watkins, right? Yeah, Watkins. Yeah, Watkins fits into that too. He, I mean, well, that wasn't a trade; that was a signing. But yeah, he was a first rounder. That this uh, this tweet is like an old frat mate that they was roommates, and he stole his girlfriend or something. He's been wishing he was beach for the last <laughs> seven years, and now he has a chance to get at him on Twitter. Man, get get, get this beach hater out of here. <laughs> get off our twit twit. Um, twit. I, <laughs> it almost sounds we, like a bad word, but we were about to let that slide. Yeah. No, I wasn't. Um, yeah, no, I think for what it's worth, the former high picks that didn't haven't looked that good so far have panned out for the most part. So you know, we well, one out of two basically, and we'll uh, you know we, we don't know what Irving is and Watkins. Let's just go ahead and count him. We so know two Irving, out of three. We know Irving's hands. He's going to count. Great. That's the only thing. We can't catch passes. That's yeah. the only thing we know. Yeah. So far. Uh, Kyle at. I'm Colabite. What do you think the Shermanator will wear to training camp? Uh, oh. Overalls cut off at the knees um, and uh, showing those uh, terrific thighs that he has and no undershirt and some sort of something related to the flag draping off of him. Uh, uh, he might wear it like a cape. The uh, only thing I'm thinking about is like Oktoberfest. I'm thinking of like an Oktoberfest and doing a Yitzin Ritzin, some kind of uh, yeah, one of those things. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. I mean, Fat Arm Fridays is a thing that's been at the Chiefs, and people got to see it with the LA HBO special, um, Hard Knocks, because Kush. Eric Kush brought it to LA. So they, you know, they really like wearing these uh, cutoffs, things like that. I don't know. It it, it it seems like every year it gets more ridiculous. So I can't even you can't even predict. It'd be great if he came in like an American flag. Just speedo and just went, you know, kind of all out there. It's, it's been like two years in a row that he's dressed up wearing something funny. So the stakes will be high, and we'll make sure we remind him at the end of July that there's a lot of people waiting third, on this. Third time's charm. Third time's charm. Uh, Ronasia, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. At Melanated TV, if mm. the Rams win the Super Bowl, can we get something in return? Did she just tweet that after, after I said he's going eight and eight? <laughs> Is this like a counterpunch to my eight and eight prediction? Um, no, you don't get that. I think they're going to be like odds-on favorite uh, between them, the Eagles, and the Patriots. They're going, um, they're going to be heavily favored. I'm, I'm saying that there's only there's only one favorite to win the Super Bowl, and it's been the same team for the last decade, and it will be this year. You know who that is? The Patriots? Yes. Oh, man. It would be tough to swallow to trade the Rams the missing piece for the Super Bowl run. I mean, that would be if they if they everyone, run it, that would be a little tough to swallow. Everyone has to kind of share it a little bit because the Broncos, you know, gave him to leave. Yeah. Chiefs gave him Peters. Now the Patriots have given them Cooks. So, or maybe you look at it uh, in in the posi- in the positive way and say this is the blueprint for your for your cheat when you have a cheap quarterback. Is you go all in everywhere else and try to win it. Maybe the Chiefs do that next year. I mean, you talk about different Super Bowl storylines. Like, say the Chiefs were to make it, you know, to play either the Rams or the Redskins or something. Eagles. That, 
or the even the Eagles as as defending champions with Reed and Peterson. There's a those are three perfect storyline Super Bowls for Kansas City right there. I mean, I would love to see them play the Rams. Yeah, uh, who this person is who tweeted it? I'll bet you a pizza party. Uh, I'll pick an elementary school, and whoever loses, if they win the Super Bowl, I'll do a pizza party. If they lose it, then you do the pizza party. I'm marking that down right now in the notes. Pizza party. Gordon Elementary. Gordon Parks Elementary School. We'll do the fourth grade pizza party. If the Rams win, I buy pizza for the entire fourth grade. If the Rams lose, then this person, tweeter. Renasia. Renasia will buy it just for Ms. Watry's fourth grade class. Fair enough. That sounds good. We'll we'll bring that up at the end of the season. You gonna buy us pizza? No. I mean, I could. We got some good pizza joints. <laughs> Pepperoni and jalapenos. Okay, no, I'm going no stuffed crust, Little Caesars. Oh, stuffed crust, Little right. Caesars. The cheesy. <laughs> Talking cheesy. New Yorker. The little cheesiest. Caesars. Don't do that to me. I'm the pretty cheesiest. much exclusive Minsky's at this point. With uh, some sometimes some Waldo pizza. Guys, Johnny Joe's. I've heard in that the too. Plaza. I don't even know if Little Caesars. Jalapeno, like real cheese, pepperoni. It's good. Dip it in a little bit of ranch call it a day we're going to call it a day here in the arrowhead pride podcast that was all of your tweets remember draft is coming up listen to ken swanson and the ap draft show that'll be coming out on friday on mondays we have the chief in the north podcast how do i search for this you can go on itunes, iTunes. or google play uh, or of course blog talk radio that's where you can find us as well as facebook live itunes and google play for sean barber at sean barber five nine follow me and the blog father, Joel Thorman, at Arrowhead Pride. I'm Pete Sweeney. Thank you for listening to the Arrowhead Pride podcast. Have yourself a great week. Drink run. Here we go. McCafe coffees, shakes, and drinks. Ain't no thing. You the man. Yeah, that's what they're going to say. Oh, Kevin, thank you so much. We love you. <laughs> that's right. You the champ. The drink run champ. Welcome to McDonald's. How can I help you? Own the drink run, Kevin. Own it. Now get a small smoothie, shake, or frappe for $2 on McDonald's one two three dollars menu. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.